What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in. We got another great show for you today. But before we launch in, we have some really exciting news about something that we're launching actually this episode. And that is our Love Tribe membership program. You guys are the Love Tribe. Now you can become a Love Tribe member. And we're launching the program to be able to give you extra content, bonus episodes, one complete new episode per month and the ability to listen to our shows ad-free. We love our sponsors, but we're going to have an ad-free feed and we're doing it all to work towards becoming more of a listener-supported show and continue to give you guys even more amazing relationship advice content. And this membership program is going to allow us to do that and give you guys access to it. Yeah, the membership program is going to have three tiers. The first tier starts at $2. And the reason why we're doing this one is because we had a lot of you guys reach out to us asking us, how can you support the show? How can I support the show? And so this $2 tier is basically the price of a cup of coffee. You can support us and show us that love and be a Love Tribe member. Yeah. And really helps even just that. And you're going to feel great about doing it too. <laughs> so mm-hmm. our second tier is our Love Tribe Insider membership, where for just $7 a month, you'll get access to a completely ad-free show for every episode through a private members-only feed, where each show will include a bonus round of questions plus a roundup question on the topic of that show with our guests. And these are really just super actionable tips that you're going to be able to take home. And you'll see in today's show that we actually launch into the bonus section. And if you're not a member, you won't hear it. And then we'll tell you how to sign up and you'll get access to all these bonus questions, the ad-free show, and you're going to love it. And if you really want to up your relationship skills, you can become a Love Tribe Insider Plus. And for just $10 a month, you gain access to the ad-free shows, the bonus questions, everything I just mentioned, plus one additional bonus episode of great relationship content per month. And insiders will be able to recommend and vote on the topics for these completely new bonus episodes. So normally we give you four episodes a month. Insiders will get a fifth episode as a member of this tier. And it's super easy to sign up directly on your phone and pay with just the touch of a button. So check out the link in the podcast description and you can sign up now or you can visit our website, idopodcast.com slash subscribe and sign up there and you'll get simple instructions for accessing the members only feed wherever you're already listening to this podcast. It's super easy to get access to this, to pay, and you'll just get these bonus episodes, the bonus content, the ad-free shows. You won't have to skip forward all really with just the touch of a button. And of course, you can cancel your membership anytime if you're not loving the benefits. And we really appreciate you guys. And 
We're excited for this new way for you to support the show and for us to be able to continue to bring you the normal great relationship content that we're going to continue to provide for free. But now we're just going to be able to bring you even more great stuff and actionable tips and you'll be able to support us more directly. Yeah, we are super excited to be able to provide you this extra content. We hope you guys love it. We do. And so, yeah, now on to today's interview, we have back Robert Taibbi. And Robert has 45 years of experience. He's written 11 books, over 300 articles, and has a private practice in Charlottesville, Virginia. And in today's episode, we talk about why it is okay to rock the boat in the relationship. Yeah. A lot of people think <laughs> you want to not rock the boat, just keep Smooth it calm and sailing. steady. And the reality is, is things will build up and you'll be in stormy seas to continue with our metaphor mm-hmm. here. Um, <laughs> and a lot of great stuff on how to productively rock the boat. Obviously, we don't want to get into shouting matches and there's a way to do it and a way not to do it. So Robert, I mean, he only has 45 years of experience. Only. Yeah. So (laughs) he has a few great insights for us. And you'll hear at the end of the show, towards the end, we launch into the bonus content, which If you're listening to this and you're not a member, it'll just end. And if you want to gain access to that, check out the links in the description and you'll have access to Robert's answers and all the other great stuff we mentioned. We hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Robert. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Today, we're going to talk about why it's not always the best idea to not rock the boat. Uh, maybe a preconceived notion from a lot of couples, I know maybe myself in the past, is that we don't want to stir the pot and maybe just kind of don't bring something up that's bothering us or address the issue. And a lot of times that's not the best way forward. So let's jump in and have you tell us and our listeners why it's not a good idea to be walking on eggshells and how we can prevent that and navigate these situations. Sure, sure. Yeah, what, what sparked the idea of writing this uh, that article is, uh, in fact, I see a lot of couples where, and again, it varies from couple to couple, but some couples are, you know, they're having tense times. Particularly now, during the pandemic, people are kind of cooped up. People are getting on each other's nerves. You know, people start walking on eggshells. You know, they don't want to, you know, they're trying to, not make waves, not bringing up topics that normally they would bring up. But even in normal times, people often tend to do that. When things start to get tense, you don't want to make it worse. And 
I have a couple of reactions to that. And what I notice is there's a couple of things that happen when you do this. One is, yes, you don't want to make things worse by going to the other side, which is arguing all the time, not controlling your emotions, you know, having blowout arguments. That's not productive. That's hurtful. That wounds each other. You don't want to do that. But the danger here is what you just mentioned is you, you, you walk on eggshells and you don't talk about things because usually because you're afraid it's going to turn into an argument and it's going to make things worse. There's a couple of problems with doing that. I mean, one is that for couples who tend not to argue or couples who tend not to tackle problems directly and sweep them under the rug, what happens in terms of the relationship is that you tend to now use distance to avoid conflict. So instead of arguing about stuff, what happens is we say, we say on safe topics. There's a whole bunch of things over time that we find out we don't want to talk about. These problems don't get solved. And, and they're kind of like landmines that are under the, under the carpeting. And you're kind of walking around them and you're trying to avoid them. And what you're down to, and I've met couples, and you probably have too, where after several years or many years of doing this, the only thing they safely talk about is the weather, you know, or the grandkids or something about what's going on on the job because all the other topics are kind of off limits. And so instead of having intimacy and closeness, what we have is just distance and roommates and parallel lives. So you don't want to do that. The other problem is that periodically you step on these landmines. You know, somebody has too much to drink. Somebody's in a bad mood. Somebody's too stressed out. Somebody makes the wrong kind of comment that's taken the wrong way. And all of a sudden, the tension that's always in the air, that's been building up over time, explodes. And now they do have that big fight that they were afraid of having. Now they do have this kind of blowout argument. And what happens now is, instinctively, they go, oh, my God, that was awful. And now they work even harder to kind of sweep stuff under the rug, because now they feel like, okay, we have to walk on eggshells better. You know, the solution here is we need to walk on eggshells better so we don't have this happen again. The argument just just verified for us why it's dangerous to talk about stuff. You don't want to do that either. And the other thing that's implied by all this, too, is that you're not solving problems. So, again, if you've been together as a couple for any, any amount of time and you're not tackling problems but sweeping them under the rug, they just stay there. I see a lot of couples where they have a big argument, they do a good job of making up. You know, the next morning they go, I'm sorry about last night. Me too. You know, are we okay? Yeah, we're okay. Can we have a hug? Yes, let's have a hug, whatever. But they don't want to go back and talk about the topic because they're afraid it's going to turn into another argument. And so now it kind of collects and it gets pushed to the side. And again, now we're back to the landmines and then we're back to all that all that kind of walk on an eggshell stuff. And finally, and this isn't true for all couples, but I, for a lot of couples that I see, particularly when I'm doing therapy, is, and particularly if they're struggling, they're in some kind of crisis state where they really feel like they're struggling as a couple, that what's often underneath the arguments they're having, what's often underneath the problems that they're struggling with, it could be about chores, it could be about kids, it could be about sex, it could be about money. 
But oftentimes what's part of this is what I talk to them about is individuation. What's happening here is, yeah, are there problems about sex and money and kids? Yeah, but there's a bigger problem. There's a bigger issue going on. There's a bigger dynamic. And oftentimes, again, for couples that have been married five, six, seven, or eight years or longer, what's happening is one, and usually both people are at a point where the life that they built as a couple over the last five, six, seven years doesn't quite fit anymore. This is where people start to feel like my life doesn't fit me anymore. This box of routines and rules that we've created over the last years don't represent who I am. And there's too much of me that's getting left out of my life. There's too much of me that's been compromised away. There's too much of my everyday life that feels watered down. And it doesn't, it's, there's parts of me that have been left on the side of the road. And what they're saying is, I need to reclaim this. This is where people now start pushing for things. This is where they do start talking about how the chores are not fair. Or this is where they start talking about being fed up with dirty dishes in the sink all the time. It's, it's about dirty dishes, but it's not. It's about having a voice. It's about feeling powerful. It's about not continuing to do what we're doing. And this is an honest struggle. When you look at research on couples and, you know, the, you know, the seven-year itch is a real thing. When you look at couples, particularly in the United States, the average length of marriage before people get divorced is seven and a half years. Why? One theory is, and what the research kind of bears out, is that when you first get married, you need something psychologically. There's something on top of your list. You need to get away from your parents. You need stability. You need to have a child. You need to have somebody to take care of you. You need to feel needed. At that particular point in your life, there's something that you need. And what essentially happens when you begin to date, when you first fall in love, is you're essentially you're cutting a deal. I'm going to give you your one thing. You're going to give me my one thing. Again, this isn't conscious. This isn't talked about so openly. But essentially, that's what brings you together. That's what this sorting out process of dating is all about. And now what happens for couples is they hook up and now they get married or they live together and they spend a year working out patterns. Who's going to take out the trash and how often is my mother going to come over for dinner and who's going to initiate sex and what, how are we going to spend our weekends? You need to do this to have some kind of routine in your life. You need to do this to have some sanity. What happens for a lot of couples is five, six, seven years down the road, again, they've built this box of a life. And a lot of it is going on autopilot. And one or both of the people start to feel like this isn't working. And now with the and what's happened is whatever you needed at year one to get away from your parents or stability or have somebody take care of you or have a child, whatever that is, that's done. The other guy did a great job of filling in that need. But now you're stuck in this box. And the problem is now I'm a different person than I was six, seven, eight years ago. And this is where, again, a lot of couples begin to fight. And this is where a lot of couples now get divorced. Or this is where a lot of couples don't fight, but it's that sweeping things under the rug again. What they do instead is they distract. 
they're going to have another child. They go to 27 soccer games a week. They get six dogs and they start a kennel. Somebody takes a job, you know, one state away and they're coming home on Fridays and they're throwing themselves into their careers. The problem here is, again, how do we upgrade the contract to fit who we are? How do we step up and let, let the other person know who am I now? What do I need in my life? And how do we not just kind of throw away the box that we're living in, but how do we reshape it? How do we change it? How do we make it represent who we are? This is about challenging each other. This is about getting stuff on the table. This is about not walking on eggshells. Because if you walk on eggshells and you start sweeping things under the rug, or you distract, or you get the kennel, or you go to the 27 soccer games a week, you're not dealing with the real issues. And, and it's going to come back and get you. As the kids get older, as you get, as you get older, as you start feeling like you're missing things in your life, you're setting yourself up for a huge midlife crisis. So you want to be able to get stuff on the table. You don't want to, you want to be able to rock the boat. And the counterintuitive part is not just kind of sweep things away and try to reduce tensions. But let's have honest adult conversations about where are we at and what do we each need as adults. Can you talk a little bit more about the process of stepping back and what couples can do to initiate that conversation and what it looks like in a relationship to start that change? But before we continue on, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Thrive Market. What if I told you you could get high quality organic and non-GMO groceries delivered to your door for a lot less than you're paying right now? and help out families in need. That's what I'm doing since I discovered Thrive Market. And as a proud Thrive Market member, I get all the products I love and my paid membership provides a free membership for somebody in need, like a low income family, teacher, veteran, or first responder. Thrive Market tailors to over 70 different diets and values like paleo to keto to plant-based. They deliver the highest quality organic and non-GMO food, and they also offer clean beauty products, bath products, pet staples, non-toxic cleaning products, plus ethical meat, sustainable seafood, clean wines, and so much more. I just did a huge shopping trip on Thrive Market and I got all of my favorites, which basically range from desserts like these delicious brownie mint chocolate cookies, like unbelievable, to eye cream and face lotion. So I'm loving how I can pick and choose exactly what I want at the best price. And as a member, I'm saving 25 to 50% off traditional retail prices. And their carbon neutral shipping is free on all orders over $49. And not only do I feel great about getting a deal with all my favorite clean organic products, but I also feel great about helping to support families who need it the most. In addition to the membership matching, Thrive Market is matching donations to their COVID-19 relief fund dollar to dollar. So Thrive Market is working 24-7 to make sure members are getting their groceries delivered as fast as possible. And you can learn more about their commitments to their customers and membership matching on their website. 
Try Thrive Market and become a member risk-free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash I do. Join today and you'll get up to $20 in shopping cart credit toward your first order. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com slash I do to start your risk-free membership and get up to $20 toward your first order. thrivemarket.com slash I do. Today's episode is also brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Do you guys want to create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days? Yes. Sign me up. (laughs) Then you guys need to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. It is an online course, like I mentioned, that we created with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you guys the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. We talk about it on the show, relationships take work. Sometimes they function pretty easily and you coast along, but we've found the reality is, is you have to do work sometimes and to make them better, to change them so that they're more satisfying for both partners. And you've made it here. You've made it to listening to our show. So you guys probably already know that a little bit. But what you might not know are the specific tools and exercises that you need to create those lasting and positive improvements in your relationship. And like Chase said, change does not happen on its own. It takes hard work. And that's why we created the course. Spark One Relationship is designed to infuse your life and relationship with fresh passion, skills, and wisdom. And it's a self-paced journey that's perfect for turning up the heat, having some fun together, and revolutionizing your intimacy and communication. And just some tools and strategies that the course includes is to how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve your stress management, learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper and more intimate bond, and strengthen your couple microculture, which you will find out what that is. Uh, in the future together. So for our listeners only, we're offering a special of $100 off the course. Visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to unlock your discount. And there is a 30-day money-back guarantee. So there really is no reason to not give it a try. So go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock for $100 off. Sure. I- I'm I'm a big fan of couples ideally doing this on their own periodically. Uh, You know, my my wife and I, we have this tradition that on New Year's Day, we sit down and we talk about goals. We talk about concrete goals for the year, you know, where we might want to go on vacation or what kind of projects we want to do around the house or we talk about individual goals you know, what she may want to do with her career or what I may want to be doing. But we also do a retrospective about the year, both in concrete kind of ways about, you know, okay, what, 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 what happened this year? You know, somebody died, we had an anniversary, we had whatever. But it's also a retrospective about what's the state of the union. And I, and I like this tradition for us. It helps us kind of stay up to date. And when I see couples get in therapy, I'm encouraging them to do this periodically. Again, you can do you can do the formal State of the Union address, 
where you both, you know, sit down and kind of let's let's take stock of where we are, but you also do it in terms of just being honest in your daily lives. You know, so when things do start to go off course, when you've had not just a bad night, but a couple of weeks of just a lot of tension and everybody walking on eggshells, this is like the emperor's new clothes. This is where somebody's got to speak up and say, we have a problem and we need to be able to talk about it. Or we need to figure out what's going on between us because I feel like we're drifting apart or we're moving into parallel lives. Or I find out we're, you know, we're not spending as much time together as we used to and consciously tackle it. Again, it's the same idea. You want to step up and do stuff. But if you can do this both formally on a regular basis, but also in, in your daily lives, kind of take the pulse of the relationship and pay attention to it. I think that's really healthy. I want to talk more about checking in and communicating and rocking the boat. But I also have a question about maybe when it's appropriate to not rock the boat in the sense that I find that sometimes I have something that's bothering me and rather than sitting with it, I feel like I want to share it. And that's always not the most sure. productive thing. So how can sure. I think about that? Yeah, my, 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 my simple outlook on a lot of this is the complementarity you see in relationships, or I see a lot in relationships, is you have one person who tends to be more spontaneous and more initiated. You know, they're the one who, the person who tends to, if something's bothering them, they want to talk about it now. Can we talk about this? You know, it's 11 o'clock at night on a Tuesday, but they want to talk about whatever's bothering them or whatever's on their mind. And often they're, they're, they're the partner who's initiating stuff more. They, things bother them and they bring it up and they bring up problems and they bring up concerns and they do whatever. The other person, and again, not always, but oftentimes the other person tends to be more what I call the ponderer. You know, they don't do well thinking on their feet. You know, you, you start to have a conversation at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday night and it's not going to go well because they're already tired and they're going to be stumbling around and they don't think well on their feet. And these kind of folks oftentimes need time to ponder. They need a heads up. They need to, you know, let's schedule a meeting to talk about our budget rather than trying to talk to me about it on Tuesday night. To answer your question, you know, if you tend to be the first kind of person where you're more spontaneous, where you, what you need to kind of get stuff out quickly, this is about, you know, two parts is, A, it's about emotional regulation. If you're upset about something, you want to be able to use your emotions as information. You know, if you're annoyed, if you're irritable, does it say something about you that you're just kind of tired and stressed and cranky? And this is where people like John Gottman would say, this is where you broadcast your emotions. You go, sorry, I've been snapping at you, but, you know, I'm just kind of tired and irritable. I'm worried about this from work. And it's not about you. It's about me. And I just need to be left alone. If it is about the other person, then it's about how do I regulate my emotions and not just kind of spray them around the room and get angry and, and pick a fight. But again, I calm myself down. But I, but I don't bite my tongue now and sweep it under the rug. What I do now is I want to use that, that those emotions as, as information. So if I'm annoyed about something, my first question is, okay, is this me 
and an isolated event. Like, yeah, I'm just in a bad mood and I'm sensitive to the dishes being on the counter, but normally it wouldn't bother me. Or no, this is part of a bigger pattern. You know, this has been going on for a while and I'm really starting to get fed up. If it's the second, you want to do something with it. And again, this is where you want to have a kind of sane, kind of adult kind of conversation about, we need to talk about the kitchen, you know, or we need to talk about putting the dishes or we need to talk about chores or whatever it is and come up with a solution. And again, for the, if the other person tends not to think well on their feet, give, give them a heads up about it. Go, hey, you know, sometime this weekend, I like to sit down for a half hour and talk about how we're dividing up chores. So the person kind of has a heads up and they can begin to think about it and not have to make it up as they go along. That makes sense. And I just want to clarify or really drill down on, is there ever a situation where it's like, just keep it to yourself? To me, it's, I, I want to examine why I'm feeling that way, but sure. then most times communicate it. But sometimes I feel like that that doesn't always go smoothly. So if there's ever a situation where something's bothering a partner, how should someone think about that if they feel like they're the ones that there's always, quote, like something wrong or something that they're trying to communicate? And they, they say, well, I'm just communicating it and th- this is how it makes me feel. Is it sometimes maybe better to just keep it to yourself? Well, yeah, again, I mean, what I was trying to say before is, again, you want to you do want to slow it down to kind of figure out what's what's making you tick and what's motivating you. You know, so. Am I annoyed by the dishes on the counter because I'm in a bad mood because I'm tired from and stressed out from my day, or is it a part of a bigger pattern? And I may I may may need to think about it or reflect on it or wait till next time it happens or till the next day and see if my attitude changes. Part B though is one of the things I talk about with couples is that having a conversation is like driving a car. And there's two parts of driving a car. Part A is before you get in the car, figure out where you want to go. Before you start a conversation, figure out ahead of time, what's the point of the conversation? For sometimes it may be, I just need to vent. It's not about you. I just need to talk about my day. I just need to get something off my chest. You don't have to fix anything. I just need you to listen and let me get it out. Or it is about, we need to talk about chores or we need to talk about the kids at their bedtime or whatever, but figure out what the point of it is. And the reason for that is to help you stay on track, not just complain. Because I think what you're suggesting is, and I've met couples where they just kind of complain and complain and complain, but they never quite turn the corner about what's the moral of the story of this? What do we need to fix? What has to change? How do we come up with a solution? And then the part and the other person just kind of writes them off because we never, the car never starts to go down the road. All we're doing is kind of just sitting in the driveway running the engine all the time, they start to, they, they, they start to tune them out. Um, so, so part A is you want to be able to figure that out. And then you want to say, we need to come up with a plan or we need to talk about the kid's bedtime or whatever it is. So you, the topic sentence that you learned about in high school, you know, when you do, when you do an essay, um, part B is you got to keep the car on the road. And that's what we were talking about earlier, where for a lot of couples, as soon as, the conversation gets emotional, the conversation is going off the road, you know, and what happens when people get emotional is they get tunnel vision. They, 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 they want to make the other guy understand what they're saying. 
They start stacking up evidence to make their case. They start talking about text messages and what their mother said last year and all kinds of other, whatever stuff. And, and things get heated up. The car's off the road. You got to stop the car. All you're doing is spinning your wheels in the mud. That's about responsibility. That's about self-regulation. That's about that's about putting putting the brakes on it so you don't start to cause damage. But again, to answer your question, you know, if it's a real problem, if it's part of a larger pattern, you, you know, and it is even even if it, if you even if it's a problem for you, if the other guy can do something to help you with your problem, you say that. I realize I'm the one who's fussy about stuff on the counter. I'm a little OCD about it. I own that. But I would really appreciate it, you know, if you could not leave stuff here. And the person goes, okay, I really couldn't care less, but sure, I will do this because I know it bothers you and I care about you. Not because you're making me, not because, you know, you're the boss and I'm feeling bullied, but because I'm, you know, I'm trying to be considerate for things that bother me. So after couples step back and they evaluate what's going on in the relationship or they talk about that state of the union, what can they do next to proceed, I guess, more productively in their relationship? Well, again, you know, hopefully what comes out of the conversation is concrete. And the, the key word here is concrete uh, goals and behaviors that they need to change. You know, so it's not, again, what we're just saying, it's not just, you don't want to talk vaguely and you just don't want to complain. You know, but you want to turn that corner and go, okay, what's, what's, you know, what, what's the moral of the story here? You know, we're both not happy with X or we don't have as, as much time together or as much intimacy that we, as we'd like. Or it seems like we're on different pages around the kids about X, Y, Z. Or I need to, I need to, we need to talk seriously because I want to quit my job and go back to school and we have to figure out a way if we can do that. Whatever it is, you want to now put that into some kind of a plan. You want to put that into some kind of concrete goals. And so can we sit down and come up with that? Can we now talk about, you know, getting the kids involved in chores? Or can we talk about going to see, you know, do some counseling to help us figure out how to best manage the kids? Whatever it is, you, you, want, to, you want to operationalize it. You want, to co- you want to come up with a concrete plan. You want to have a couple of steps. You want to kind of figure out what do we need to do to, to move forward? Because I've done it, you've done it, everybody does it, is you kind of talk about stuff and then you never get traction. And you never get momentum, oftentimes because your goals are too vague or you make assumptions or you're not clear and motivated enough to know what to do next. And so part of it is being able to map that out. Well, Robert, thank you for really showing us why we should not avoid rocking the boat. I think it's a common thing that that people think about and you end up walking on eggshells and it's just not a good situation to be in. So you've given us some great tools to to rock that boat and have a better outcome. Are there any things that you want to emphasize or maybe that we skipped over when it comes to bringing up these conversations? If you want to hear Robert's answer to this question, as well as our bonus round of actionable relationship advice questions, you're going to have to become a Love Tribe member. So sign up by 
checking out the links in the show notes or on our website at idopodcast.com slash subscribe. Hey, Love Tribe. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the important links are on the show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com. And while you're over there, we hope you check out our 14-day happy couple challenge, as well as all the free resources we have on our website. And thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.